Hello, Molo, Sawbona, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Durban. We are part of a global family of churches with a purpose to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance His kingdom. Hello, everyone, and thank you for choosing to join us as we worship God this morning, this evening, whenever you have logged in. It is such an honor for us to minister to you at this time. Wherever you are, please just drop uh, a hello in the chat zone. We'd love to hear where you are and where you're watching from. We are Every Nation Durban, as you've heard from the intro. And just as we are about to go into the worship, we'd just like to invite you to just worship God with us. The Word of God says that He inhabits the praises of His people. So wherever you praise, wherever you worship, He is right there. So be encouraged as you go into worship with us that He is here and His ear is inclined to hear you. As you are about to start, if we can just close our eyes wherever you are, in your lounge, in your car, um, so that we can just have a quick prayer. Before the sermon starts Father God we thank you for this moment We thank you that wherever we are gathered in your name Father God you are there We thank you Father God that the hundreds Father God that are gathered in their lounges At work Father God in front of computers Just to listen to your word Father God That they are blessed by yourself Father God We thank you and we love you Father God We pray for our nations We pray for our Politicians, our president, Father God, during this time, Father God, and we pray for good health over your people. And we pray in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen.
just as I am. I lay me at your feet. I bring before you all that I have. I lay it at your feet. Oh, worthy, worthy, worthy Lord. You are worthy, worthy, worthy so.
pour our praise to you, Lord. We pour out a sacrificial offering unto thee. Because only you are worthy, God of heaven. Heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. You are clothed in strength and honor. You are clothed in power. You are glorious in all of your ways. We love you and exalt you. We praise you and magnify you. Mighty King, King of heaven, there is none like you in all the earth. Age kofana nawe Jehovah Musi. Age konjengawe Jehovah Namanda. Age kopali menjengawe kulunkulo Musi. O Musi malanga onke, inzubu zonke, zikati zonke. We give you praise, we give you glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning, church. I hope that you are all well and a big thank you to our worship team for leading us in worship this morning. I hope that you turned your home into a place of praise and celebration in the Lord. Hey, if you are interested in joining our worship team, we are looking for instrumentalists and vocalists. So if you are good at singing in the shower and... Uh, if you can play an instrument or if you want to play an instrument, then please drop us a line on the church WhatsApp number and we will see how we can get you trained, equipped and plugged into the worship team because we want to grow that team. Um, other great news this week is that the Seabees have just had a beautiful baby girl. Simile was born this week. So we celebrate Simile's arrival and we say a big congratulations to you, Tina and Mbali. And we trust that um, you are all healthy and strong and well. If you know them, Seabees, please give them a call. If you are... Uh, in their group or whatever, drop a dinner off or something, but let's uh, celebrate the arrival of Simile with them. Um, today we have a treat. We have Pastor Siviwe Noche from uh, our Every Nation Bryanston Church preaching the word for us. And he's going to be bringing a great word on hope. Now, Siviwe has been to Durban a few times as part of a prophetic team. He's come and he's ministered here before. I've got to know him over the years and his wife, Marsha. They are an incredible, powerful, dynamic couple. They have recently planted the church in Bryanston from the church in Rosebank. And it's going so well already. They are a dynamic couple and they have also just celebrated the arrival of their third child, a, a little boy. And I thought Siviwe's post on Facebook was really funny, so I wanted to read this. This was the day that his son was born. He posted this. He said, a few things to, for you to know, my son, in your first month. God is good. <laughs> your mom is a hero. <laughs> your dad will look better after a haircut. Your siblings are crazy. Wear a mask and sanitize. Love you, son. <laughs> well, that should just give you an idea of who Saviwe is. He has a great sense of humor, but he's also a powerful minister of the word. So let's prepare our hearts for the word and let's pray our prayer before we get into the word. Father in heaven, I commit this time to you. I believe that your plans for me are good and that everything good starts with your word. Your word brings life, healing, and direction. I treasure your word more than my daily bread. I boldly confess that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. Speak, Lord, 
for your servant is listening. Let's go to the word. Hey, what's happening? Every Nation Durban, Siviwa here from Every Nation Bryanston in Johannesburg. I cannot express the degree of privilege I feel by sharing the word today. Not only because I am sharing with you a church that I deeply admire and I've had the privilege to actually come and visit before, uh, but maybe more importantly because of how much I admire and respect your pastors. Pastor Wayne and Trish are phenomenal individuals. The Bible speaks of how we have many teachers but a few fathers. You are privileged to have a father and a mother in your pastors. Uh, whenever I speak to people who know them well, they don't only refer to their skill or wisdom or uh, experience of which they have truckloads of, but they always without fail refer to how they love well. And so I just want to say you are a fortunate church to have leaders who are fathers and mothers but also leaders who love well and lead well. And so thank you for allowing me to share the message today. Today, I want to speak to you about hope, message that I believe we all need to hear at this time. Uh, but before I actually get into the message, I hope this video about hope will inspire you. Hope. Hope is creation's expectation. That follows the words, let there be light. Hope is the stone floating in the air toward the head of Goliath. Hope is the cloud the size of a man's fist appearing in the season of drought. It is the knowledge that this time next year, Sarah will give birth. Hope is throwing your staff before Pharaoh and placing your staff in the Red Sea so that the people of Israel might go. Hope is the praise in the prison, the manna in the desert, the sunrise in the morning. It is the prophet in the wilderness shouting, prepare the way of the Lord. Hope is Jesus standing outside the tomb of Lazarus. Hope is the waiting in the upper room for God's promise of the Holy Spirit. Hope is rejoicing in trials, boasting in weakness, patient in suffering, fighting the good fight. Hope is a knowing, a waiting, a fighting, a pressing toward yes but God. Hope is an eternal perspective. An orientation of the soul, a daily bias toward God has, God can, and God will. Hope is a man on the cross, an empty grave, a God with scars. Hope. Uh, where I come from, we have a number of different languages and a number of different tribes. I so happen to be born into the Kosa tribe. Now, if you've heard of the Kosa tribe, you might know the tribe for a number of different reasons. One might be the clicks we use in our vocab, words like or 
Uh, or maybe you've come across some you know, leaders in our nation who actually are from the Tosa tribe, people like former President Tabombeki and Nelson Mandela. But some of you might have come across a particular practice that we do, uh, a process whereby we turn boys into men. What we do is quite simple. We take a boy who's in the late teenage stage or older, take them to the mountain. Uh, there they get circumcised and we leave them there for a period of about four to six weeks. The idea is that they will heal on the mountain and that they will lead in the valley. When I was 17, it was my turn. Uh, all the men in the village where my home is came to our house and they led, led me down the same path that other men had gone uh, before me. And eventually we were all on top of the mountain. And at the corner of my eye, I saw a guy with like a, a, a knife looking type of thing. And this guy was dancing and chanting and singing on his way towards me. Now, it is one thing to be circumcised in front of a, a whole bunch of people. It's a whole nother thing to be circumcised by someone who's busy singing and dancing while they are coming to you. I was praying, Lord, help me. Please don't, don't let me go out like this. At least let me go out with clothes on. You know what I mean? Uh, eventually, this guy came to me, grabbed me. He cut me, looked me straight in the eye and he asked me one question. Same question that generations of men before me were asked. Who are you? Who are you? And the big idea is this, is that who you declare you are in the midst of your greatest pain determines your maturity. Right now, all of us all around the world have experienced not only the reality but the effects and consequences of COVID-19. Whether we've lost someone dear to us or we know someone who's lost somebody. Uh, whether it's uh, we've experienced changes in our work environment or churches that actually have led to greater amounts of pain in our life. All of us have experienced some degree of pain over the last couple of months. Who are you in the midst of your pain? What I want to propose today is that because of the gospel, we are a people of hope. We're a people of hope and what the world is actually looking for right now is a people who are more than just leaders. A people who are more than just good people. What the world is looking for is a people with an inward orientation of hope that allows them to create and lead even in dark times. Hosea 2 verse 15, God is speaking through the prophet Hosea to the people of Israel who are going through a very dark time. And, and here's what he says. I will make the valley of Achor, which is the valley of trouble, into a door of hope. You see, in every valley there is a door. And for every degree of trouble, there is Hope, And it is this hope that allows you and I to be able to lead in the dark. I want to speak about, very briefly, three aspects of hope that allow us to be leaders during dark times. One, certain hope. Two, living hope. And three, 
eternal hope. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. I want to read from verse 13 to verse 20. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchanging things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We then have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. The writer of the book of Hebrews in this portion of the text is trying to teach us about the nature of hope as it relates to the promises of God. And he uses Abraham as a backdrop to the story. Abraham was caught between the great promise of God and the great barrenness of his situation. And the only way he was able to overcome that tension was through holding on to hope. Bible even says he hoped against hope. The story of Abraham might not hit us all the same way because sometimes we can approach the Bible with our own definitions of hope. You see, hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is not optimism, you know, believing uh, the best or looking at the, at the glasses half full. Hope is not uncertain. Hope, the Bible tells us here in Hebrews 6, hope is sure and hope is firm. And we know this because optimism tends to look at the situation that is present in front of it and it looks to the situation to derive some kind of positive outcome. But hope does not look to the situation. Uh, Hope embraces the terrible situation, but it looks elsewhere for the solution. It looks elsewhere for a positive, divine outcome. The Bible shows us here where it looks to. Through one simple phrase, it is impossible for God to lie. You see, if you want Biblical hope, which the Bible defines as certain, firm, and sure. Where you need to look is the character of God. The one who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The one whose attributes are not divorced from his actions. When God says he is just, he is just not only in character, but he is just in deed. When he says he's loving, he's loving not only in character, but he's also loving in deed. It is this character of God that we look to that allows us to access certainty of hope. You see, this certainty of hope is what the Bible says now has become the anchor for the soul. 
And the reason we need an anchor is that many times we can find ourselves drifting when pain comes. Drifting from where we ought to be. Drifting from the vision. Drifting from the harbor. But when we have an anchor in the souls, we remain where God has called us to be. No matter how terrible the situations are. No matter how great the storms are. We remain where God has called us to be. Sometimes we might find that the storm is so great that we uh, begin to be unstable in our ways. But when we have in an anchor rather that is secure, that is firm, that is certain. When the storms come, we're not unstable. We stick to the course. We keep moving forward because we have an anchor for the soul. Our anchor is hope. In 1871, um, the city of Chicago had these great fires. They last for about three to four days. Many people lost their homes. Many people lost their investments. One of those people who actually lost a lot of money during that time was a guy by the name of Horatio Spafford. He was married to his, to his wife and they had four daughters together. About two years after that time, they decided that they were going to go on a vacation to the UK. Uh, actually, they were going to visit a friend of theirs, uh, Dio Moody, in England. And so they were making their way there, but unfortunately, Horatio Spafford had to actually stay for a, a little longer to work a few things out because he couldn't just leave. Uh, uh, he had to figure out issues with his estate before he had to leave. And so his wife and his four daughters got into a ship without him and they uh, headed off to England. While they were on the way, they got into a head-on collision with another vessel in the sea. Over 200 people died. Later, uh, Horatio received a telegram from his wife which simply said, saved alone, what to do? Horatio got onto ship, made his way via the Atlantic to England. And the story goes that when he passed the area where it was said his daughters had drowned, he started to pen these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roar, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say that it is well it is well with my soul. What is it about Christian hope that allows us to have an anchor in the midst of our storm? It is not the size of our hope. It is the object of our hope that allows us to stand when everything else around us seems to be falling. The object of our hope is the character of an unchanging God. When we look to him, we find a certain hope. The next thing I want to share with you is living hope. We have your Bibles. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Here's what it says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
I love this text. Um, Peter obviously is is helping a people who are going through persecution, and he's he's inspiring them that their salvation in Jesus Christ has opened them up to a living hope. Something that they never had apart from being born again in Jesus Christ. You have a living hope. You see, it's possible for us to live our lives with a dead hope. And here's the difference. A dead hope is based on our skill, our, our works, our deeds. When we depend on uh, what we are capable of doing, we end up living our life with a dead hope. But when we depend on the works of Jesus. I love this text when it says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, when we look to what Jesus has done, what he has accomplished through the resurrection, what we actually come into is a living hope, an active, present presence of hope right here in our lives. You see, this is important because there are situations that we might be finding ourselves in that are either overwhelming to us or we feel completely underskilled uh, in the moment. But it's in those moments that we can actually call on someone. We can actually look to the, the works of Jesus and find a living hope that allows an active present presence of God to be with us in the midst of our storm. Uh, a few weeks ago, a friend of mine um, whose wife was pregnant, they uh, gave birth to their third child. And he was sharing with me the story of what had happened. And actually, they were in the house and, you know, waiting for the birth of the baby. And out of nowhere, she had a moment where her water broke. So when that happened, they rushed to the car and they were making their way to the hospital. And then uh, literally the wife said to him, no, 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 don't drive this car. Because I'm telling you, I'm going to have this baby right here, right now. And so they paused and right in the back seat of their car, in the parking lot of their home, she went into labor. This guy was freaking out. He's not a doctor. He's never done this before. And so he starts shouting for his mother-in-law who was in the house to come and help him out. And so they standing right in front of her and they, you know, shouting all these instructions, trying to tell her to breathe at the wrong time. And eventually he gets into the call with the midwife and the midwife begins to calmly give him instructions of what he needs to do. And so he, the midwife is sharing this information. He starts shouting these instructions to his mother-in-law, which is probably the only time in history that you're allowed to shout at your mother-in-law. There is no other time that you're allowed to do that. And so he's giving all this instruction and the baby eventually comes and it is an amazing moment and everything is fine with baby they don't even need to go to the hospital the midwife eventually comes to their house and the midwife is like yo you did everything right your baby is healthy your wife is healthy well done you see in that moment he was underskilled he didn't have the means to to know what to do he was in over his head. In that moment, he was overwhelmed. There was nothing in his experience that could tell him, hey, this is what you need to do. The only thing he could do, he had to turn to an expert. 
He had to turn to someone who knew. He had to turn to someone who's overcome and someone who had experience in this. You see, this is what it feels like to have a living hope. We do not have to drown in the midst of the chaos that's happening around us. We can look to the works of Jesus Christ and in so doing, we have this living hope that is a present help in our time of need. Right now, if you want to be a person who's able to lead in dark times, look to the works of Jesus. Look to the resurrection of Jesus. Not to your works, not to your deeds. Because in looking to Him, in looking to His works, what we receive is an active, present presence of a living hope that allows us to navigate dark times, navigate our storms. The last thing I want to share today is found in Romans 15 verses 13. I want to speak to you about eternal hope. Romans 15 verse 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a place in our walk with God, there's a place in our journey where sometimes the only way we can have hope in seemingly hopeless situations is if God pours it into our souls. I know how this feels like. Three years ago, um, my wife and I went through a season where in a period of about five months, we lost four loved ones. I, a cousin, a brother, an uncle, and my wife and I lost a child during that time. I remember feeling like, man, the walls were just caving in. It almost felt too much to bear, felt too much to understand. Um, and both of us were caught in the throes of loss and pain. And I remember during that season doing something that I, I, I do whenever I go through dark, dark times. I, I take the Bible, I open it up to the first three chapters of the book of Genesis and I'm reminded of, you know, the great power of God in creating and the great love of God in, in making uh, humans and, and wanting a relationship with them. The intention of God set out from the beginning of all creation. And then I turn to the middle of the Bible, right? The last two chapters of the book of Mark and I read about the the cross and the resurrection this plan of redemption having its it, it's unfolding through what Jesus has now done and then I turn to the last two chapters of the book of Revelation where it speaks about the new heavens and the new earth and the fact that there is something coming in front of us you see what the Bible teaches us is that we live in this interesting tension. We live in the current evil present age, whilst at the time also living in the age to come. Now, the best example I can give you of this is a woman who is pregnant. You see, the, the baby is already here, but the baby is still coming. And when we live in this 
intention of an evil age that is right here in front of us, but also knowing that there is an age to come where all things will be made good, all things will be made well. This is important because during those three months, I had to realize that there are some times when your child won't come back from the dead. There's sometimes when that thing that you had hoped would happen doesn't happen. That marriage doesn't get fixed. That job doesn't get given to you. And what do you do when in the midst of what you have been hoping for, your hope seems to be deferred, your hope seems to be dashed? Well, Romans 15 verse 13 says there is a place where God imparts hope to you by the Holy Spirit. And the way that that happens is that you and I need to hold on to the promises of God. That whilst we're living in the present evil age, we have to look to eternity, the reality that there is an age to come, that all things will be made right by God a new heaven and a new earth will be made by the power of the Holy Spirit that we will be able to walk in it and live in it and all our tears will be wiped away and sometimes holding on to the promise of eternity holding on to the eternal promises of God allows us to access the eternal hope that we have in Christ You want this eternal hope? You're in a situation where you feel like all is lost and the situation is hopeless? Look to the promises of God. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit begins to impart in you through the God of all hope a new hope that allows you to see beyond the now and know that there is an age coming where all will be made well. What have I shared with you today? Three simple things. In order for us to lead in the dark, we need certain hope that comes from looking at the character of God. We need a living hope that comes from looking at the works of Jesus. And we need an eternal hope that only comes from grabbing a hold of the promises of God. In fact, Peter says it is these promises of God that actually allow us to walk into divine life. The divine life that was meant for us in the kingdom of God that allows us to live beyond our present situation. This empowers us to be a kind of people who lead in the dark. My prayer for you is that you would grab a hold of your identity in Christ during this time. That because of the gospel, you and I are a people of hope. And that identity comes with both the resources of heaven and the responsibility to be the light in the darkness. And so I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. I pray that the Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Thank you, Pastor Saviwe. What a great word on hope. 
guys, listen, there are no hopeless circumstances. There are, there are only people without hope. And we serve a God of all hope. And as soon as we get hold of hope, everything changes. I really trust that that word encouraged you and filled you up for whatever circumstances you are facing in your life right now. We never like to, to close a broadcast or a service without giving people the opportunity to make Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior. This is the best decision you can ever make with your life is to give your heart to God. And if you're here today and you're watching this and you've never done that, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe it in your heart, you will be saved. And saved from what? Well, saved from sin, from death, and from judgment. That's what we are all facing without Christ. Jesus came into the world to save us from sin, death, Satan, judgment, all of that, and give us eternal life. And if that's you today, and you're not sure whether you were to die today, you would go to heaven, and that you are forgiven of your sins, then let's take a moment right now, and let's pray together. I'm going to pray, and you can just pray this in your heart, and we're going to trust that, that God's Spirit is going to fill you, that your sins will be forgiven, and that you'll get a new life in God. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, I come to you today. I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize that my life is not as it should be. I confess that I need you. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and is my Savior. I repent of all my sin and I turn to him with all my heart. I give you my life, Jesus. I give you my my future, my hope, my everything. I put it in you and I declare you as my Lord and as my Savior. If you prayed that today, we believe that you are born again and we trust that God's Spirit has filled you and given you a new life. Please, if you prayed that for the first time today, let us know. There's a, there's a number on the screen. Send us a message and we'd love to get you plugged into a connect group so that you can grow in your relationship with God. That was the first step. There are many other steps to take in getting to know God as your Father. So please drop us a line. But otherwise, church, enjoy the rest of your Sunday with your friends, with your family. I hope you're going to have a good Sunday afternoon meal and maybe even a nap. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.